Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Spawn Point. This would be like episode five or six, but technically the second one since the network launched. And I wanted to bring in someone that I actually have seen quite recently as we did attend an event together. And actually, it was interesting. I was there with him and I asked and he said that was his first official gaming convention, like one that's just dedicated to video games that he's ever been to. So I kind of wanted to get his, his thoughts and, and, and take on that. And then just, just random stuff, of course, that's been going on. And that is Mystic Ryan. Ryan, how are we doing? Doing all right, John. Nice to see you again. Yes, yes. It was uh, it was very interesting. It's one of those things where you, you talk with somebody for a while online, then you see them in person, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, you are real. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this was a – it was a big turnout, though. This was at Too Many Games. It was uh, towards, the, towards the end of, uh, of June. But it was it's right in the Northeast, so it's 15 or 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And basically for people in the Northeast, it's generally a, a drive. Like you can at least get there without having to fly. But some people come from all over. Some people we talk to in the whether it's signings or like at the panel that I mean they flew there from like across the country and, and stuff. So it's it's grown quite a bit. But uh, you I mean you you took a bit of a, a trip, didn't you, to get there? Yeah, so for me it was a drive, a manageable drive, about five and a half hours. So I, it's one of those things where I probably should have always been going to it and just never got around to it. But now that I finally did, I'll try and make it out every year. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where for me it's not a long drive, so I just I go up there every year because it's like why not. But I feel like if if I had to plan it out a bit more, I'd have to at least think about it a bit. It's uh, it's one that I've been going to for a long time. You can you can look up pictures because I was looking for pictures of it to post up for thumbnails and stuff. And there's a few I caught from like 2012, and it's so much smaller. There was one where it was like in a hotel room, kinda <laughs> like one of the ballroom things. So it's grown a lot. Now they have the the conventions that are open all the way to the back, just about. But we uh, we we had a we had a pretty good time, right? Friday we got there and we immediately went into our panel that night, which that's the first like panel I think you did too, right? Yeah, yeah. I need I need to get the video of that because it was uh it was it was fully taped. They did a really good job. It was way more professional than I was expecting from that angle. <laughs> but I need to I need to get that because it was uh it was basically an episode of the the podcast just in person. And it was a pretty good time. Had a lot of questions asked and all of this. And uh, you, did, you did good, Ryan. You did good. Oh, thank you. On, on stage, yeah, good. It was good. It was all natural. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time. <laughs> but the real, I mean, the real stuff started when we actually walked around. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but Ryan uh, went on a bit of a spree there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, I obviously it's like there's tons of vendors. And so it's like, all right, it'll be cool to go there and see John and the Spawncast crew and meet up with a few other channels that I've always known for a long time and, you know, meet fans face-to-face. That's always uh, such a humbling experience. But, like, full stop, I'm like, all right, there's vendors. I'm buying. Let me bring some cash and see what I can make happen. You want to give anything away? <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about what I picked up, but... I mean, I, I, I guess the, the sort of tease here is that I'm like, all right, I'll bring a thousand cash. And, you know, if there's certain things there, I, if I see it in person, if I see a good copy, I'll, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'll do it. And so it, it happened. The spoiler is you had to hit the ATM. <laughs> I mean, think about that. <laughs> not, I got... for like the, not for like the big game. That was just me being a little greedy because there's <laughs> more shit there that I wanted. Oh, the last day. So, um, uh, John left like uh, 
it was on the last day, like right before close or mm-hmm. something. You kind of split off, right? And I was hanging out with uh, Ant Dude, and I'd ran into another uh, boxed Game Boy game for like oh, you 60 did. Bucks. Oh, so people don't know. <laughs> we have to stop it. People don't know this, Ryan. Uh, and yeah. this kind of surprised me a little bit too, because I think they see you on, you know, on YouTube, and they see you as you're just the PlayStation guy. So I figured you were there for PS1 games. I'm like, he's he's gonna look for those complete non-cracked jewel cases, and you roll in, you're like, where are the where are the Game Boy games? I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's on. like the, that's like the high I'm on, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wanted PS1 stuff, but there was just nothing there that I don't know was catching my eye. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that last day there was like a. Com- complete in box uh i think it was super i don't even remember i'm gonna have to double check but it's like 60 bucks and i had no cash on me because i was i was totally tapped out but i looked at the guy and i was like do you take credit he's like yeah and i was like oh, oh shit that's how they get you yeah most yeah. of them now do before they didn't but slowly it's worked into where everyone has their little square ready to go and uh it's more weird now that they don't take cards than if they do but i will say if you take cash and you're you're prepared to haggle a bit. You can generally get some deals, especially on Sunday. But I I'm, I picked up a few. I got a Game Boy SP 101. It was uh the, yeah, you the did a little bit of shopping. I was expecting more out of you. Uh, I got some. I got a. I did get some GameCube stuff too. Uh, I saved some of them for another eventual uh, like pickups video. But I showed some of them on camera the other day, and yeah. it was um Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I found that in, like. I mean, pristine condition, black label, not like the greatest hits, disgusting yellow label at the top. Nothing like that. So, and that game has become ex- way more expensive than it should be. Um, but what does that go for? It's almost a hundred dollars now for it. Oh, really? For a complete one that looks good, uh, it's usually between eighty and ninety dollars now. But it, I think, like a year and a half ago, it was like fifty dollars. So it's one of those things where it's doubling in price almost every two years or something. It's crazy. So I, I wanted to get that. I, I really like that game, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. A lot of memories with that one. Uh, but otherwise, I got, like, the Scorpion King. That game's not very good. <laughs> it's a pretty bad game. I think that was cheap, huh? Yeah. I don't, are, are, your, are your games going to make it into a pickup video? The one, Everything that I picked up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure it'll show up at some point. I don't, I don't know how I'll raise it or whatever. but Oh, man, that's, that's the thing. You I've got, got, some, him, got some good stuff, I've too. Got, I know I've got them like tucked away. Like they're not like logged in like the the uh, library because I know okay. I'm gonna pull them out for something. So. Okay, you got them stored away. You got them ready to go. All right, they're put aside. You want to give one away? You want to just brag about one of them? Because you you actually got some that I was a little shocked the condition versus the price for them. Oh, like what? You don't have to well, give away the big big one. That one that that's like no, that's got no. shock value to it. <laughs> I don't know. I was surprised to see uh, Nightmare and Dreamland complete in box for about. 100 something you picked that one up there was there was another kirby game there yeah there too because we looked at two there, of them amazing mirror amazing that was that was the other one yeah. I, the amazing mirror was in a um, amazing condition but this was at the same vendor that had the other kind of big ticket item that i wanted so that was like we're talking like 80 percent of my budget would have went on two games so i was like all right maybe i can't get amazing mirror uh amazing mirror so i passed on that one but if we're talking kirby games that was like 250 for amazing mirror and then Nightmare and Dreamland, which I prefer, was a hundred something dollars. Yeah, so the, the box art on that was nice, though. It's it's so hard to find these Game Boy Advance games like without the box being crushed or torn up, or so. so you see in pristine, that alone makes it look really cool. But the the cover art for that one is is really nice. So as uh, yeah. a lot of Game Boy stuff flying all over the place there with Ryan. There was something else he got though too that I think was great was the um the shot the shadow box. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting uh, decor for the house. Yeah, that's how that's how it is. <laughs> you just gotta gotta hang stuff up upstairs. Uh, that Basically. that one's clean looking though. I, I like that one. Uh, I need to I need to get one of those at some point. But seven seven's a good one. Uh, I like the the look of it and everything. Let's see, we did went around shopping. We saw uh, the wrestling event. You got to take a picture with uh, Grove Street. Oh, uh, that shit was so cool. Uh, it looked so good. We uh, we got to we got to meet Charles Martinet, nice guy, nice guy, and we got David Hader to uh, he buried Sean because Sean didn't come through. <laughs> that was that was lovely. Uh, he, he's he's a, he's an interesting guy because he just likes walking around doing the snake voice. He just goes in and out of the voice constantly. Even when we're back there, and I think he was eating, and he mentioned something, he just went into Solid Snake immediately, and then came there... right back out of Solid Snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if anyone wonders, yes, David Hader loves doing the voice so much, he probably goes to the bank and like immediately goes in the solid snake when he talks to the teller or something. <laughs> so I uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate just always having solid snake around when we were back there eating Nutri-Grain bars. It was great. <laughs> it made it made me feel a little bit safer. Right, he did. <laughs> yes, he's he's a lot of fun. Very down to earth guy too. Shout out to him for bearing Sean, taking the thirty seconds to do that. <laughs> out of his out of his uh time there because they were they were pretty much swamped the entire way like when as soon as they opened their line there were man there are so many people there just waiting for them to sign and and all this so they were they were constantly flooded with with traffic doing that um but yeah, they're, they're just straight work in the event the entire weekend yeah yeah they were i think that, i feel like they did pretty well though because i think it was uh i don't know like 20 or 30 bucks per autograph or something so i'm sure they did uh they're pretty good there, I'm sure. I, they made out all right. There was somewhere else. You, you went towards the end. You went somewhere else you were mentioning. And uh, I always hear about this thing. I think it's like a store. And they have like a graveyard yeah, of systems. Yeah, there's like a local vendor. And I, I, I feel bad for not remembering the name. But uh, Ant was telling me about it. And he's like, hey, you know, after the uh, the last day, we're going to you know wait a few hours, wait for them to get back to the store and, you know, get us situated. And then we can hop over to their actual local retail location and just check out some of the games they have but they've got a like a basement which is just a, a general like storage area and overflow area for all their product that they get in and it's like a graveyard of consoles which is like kind of sad but also extremely cool to be around so i was like all right i, I gotta be a part of this i gotta go check it out so it, it was uh it's like such a cramped sort of basement when you start walking down like with the stairs but just even walking down there's just a ridiculous amount of hung ac cords for like various consoles all strewn oh. about as you're just as you're walking down the stairs you're like already getting a sense of like oh my god what am i what am i about to walk into and then you turn the corner and it's like five aisles that you just see you know lined up and already it's just like there's no room i i can't believe that <laughs> They've got it packed this tightly with just so much hardware. That seems like that seems like something I'd have to go and like film, like like a trip there and go down the aisles and look at stuff. And I don't know. It seems I like an liked experience. Yeah, I would I would have liked to do that. Obviously, it wasn't. It was kind of like a last minute thing that we weren't necessarily looking to set something up. But um, it was just a lot of a like a graveyard of systems. Like some had stickers on them saying what was wrong with them. A lot of them don't, though, and a lot of them are, you know, cosmetically pretty rough around the edges. Like, you know, of course, I was drawn to checking out some of the fat PlayStation 3 there models. There were PS3s there. Yeah, oh, a lot of PlayStation really? 3s. Really? 
the fat ones, of course, take up a ridiculous mm -hmm. amount of space because they're 11 pound monsters each. And so those are just like, and because they're like a glossy black, uh, black plastic, if they're CCH AO1 or B models, they've got the, the well, AO1, they've got the flap mm -hmm. for the card readers, right? And so a lot of those are all nicked off and the chrome's damaged and the silver trim is like, you know, beat up and they're, they're just all strewn about. And it was like slightly sad, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to take these home. And then they've got like a back area that, you you can't even like physically walk to but in the distance you can see a bunch of like complete in box i think it was sega genesis they had a bunch of cib sega genesis what? i really? think they were CIB. yeah i think they were i don't know they also had like a drawer with a lot of empty cases for some like uh you know kind of higher value ds and 3ds stuff ah. but like there's no games in there of course so they yeah they probably just run down there if they've got a loose copy try to complete it or something but Maybe it's just, that, that's a video idea. Just go there, pick some stuff out, and see see who can fix what when they take it home. I know. I, I it would hmm. like that's the thing. You walk through that, and I, I think you and me would be like just sort of brainstorming a billion things we could do with that kind of inventory. Maybe maybe next year at Too Many Games, we'll, we'll make a point to go over there, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll just go yeah. up there afterwards and and film some kind of video there, just going over it. That that'd be interesting. I think people would like to see that. Uh, just to kind of see what we can find there, and maybe the, maybe we can come back with a bunch of PS3s and make them work. And I don't know if they have like I did take PS1 or PS2 or any of that stuff there as well. That'd be fun. GameCube. <laughs> I did I did take a few pictures. If you want to oh, like, throw them up, on oh screen you did, or something. yeah, yeah. Send those to me, and just then I'll, the I'll throw them up while we're while we've been going over this for people. That'd be cool. I'd like to say, for any of the the people watching this. Of course, if you're on audio feeds right now, just I guess just head over and check it out. Uh, either on the spawncastnetwork.com or head over to the the channel when this is live there. But uh, that's, that's it. yeah, I, I want to see it because I've always heard about this, but I've never actually seen it. You've ta told me about it now. Scott told me about it and Ant told me about it. So I have not actually seen this in person or even images of it. So I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, believe, I believe when I was there, Ant said something about how they somebody took a picture there last year or a year prior and it blew up on Reddit. So oh, I, I think okay. there is a picture floating around out there of like what this basement looks like yeah. that people probably might have already seen. Okay, but it's that location. Yeah, that's it. I already got the vi I got the video title. I went to the console graveyard. Those kind of thing. That would be yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be good. That'd be fun just to see that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of ideas. There are a lot of things I could pull from that too. Because the eBay lots are just terrible now. Most of them are people who have tried to do what they can to them and then just closed them up as much as they can and yeah. just put them on ebay and it, they're all just junk like they took a screwdriver across the board or something yep you're getting somebody's uh failed project yeah yeah so i don't even want to i don't want to attempt those usually it's a waste of money uh for that but too many games it was fun what, what was your what was your thought though your experience because you, you've you've gone to gaming convention or just conventions before but i mean a gaming specific one especially retro at this size like were you just were you yeah. surprised walking into that place not necessarily. I guess I knew what I was expecting, which is like, you know, I've been to conventions where like there's, you know, like general sort of nerd culture crossover. Like you'll have a game vendor at certain places. Right. Um, but I was expecting that it's just that every vendor would be for video games or gaming related. So it was about what I expected. But the most enjoyable part, if I'm being honest, was just, you know, being able to you know, see you and meet fans and all that, right? Having that sort of in-person uh, experience, which 
you know, considering this is like coming out of, I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, but like, this is also coming out of like the whole COVID thing. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, being locked inside for a long time. And I generally like to be outside and travel and things like that. I love traveling. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. One of those weird things where I, I don't know why I never got around to going to things like this, but, um, you know, that, that was like the most enjoyable part for me easily outside of also spending a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot hey, of money. about to be write-offs when they make the rain the videos. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the second they appear, they're, they're right off. They're, they're written off. Uh, yeah, that, that is generally the, the fun part, obviously, is getting to meet up with people. And you weren't even announced to be there. Like, I teased it. I was like, I think we're going to have a guest for the panel. And uh, you guys will see who it is then. But there were people, a lot of people were like, oh, cool. It's, it's Mystic. He's here awesome like people you know recognized you right away came up to say hi it was it was really cool to see that yeah yeah it was it was it was awesome if you were there and we we talked for a bit i really appreciate the support and um you know finally being able to talk for a bit and things like that it was that was like such a cool experience i uh i, th- I think next year we're gonna have to have you announced as being there though like i think we're gonna have to do the whole thing <laughs> for you okay so people will know in advance to come out and see you so it was, yeah, uh... maybe. It was cool to like just slink in at the last <laughs> minute there like nobody knows <laughs> well people found out eventually people found out there you know i did notice uh ryan was playing pokemon go quite a bit there i, I noticed this <laughs> one i was a little surprised i didn't know people were still playing it like that but you, you said hey they're still full-on like gatherings for it and everything yeah, so for the sort of educational part, because I know this is the joke I get all the time. Oh, it's still 26. No, okay, so 2016, yes, like the the general population died off, but this is the Pokemon IP. Of course, it's powerful. So there has always been a community of players after that drop off. I've been a day one player the entire time, so um, been there for the ups and downs through the entire game. I think people tend to forget yeah. that just obviously just because you're very PlayStation centric on your channel, right? I think people tend to either forget or not know that you're like a big time Pokemon fan, Game Boy fan, even right from what I've seen now. Um, but definitely a big yeah. Pokemon fan, uh, dating back for a long time. The fact that you're still playing Pokemon Go right now should tell people a lot, uh, with that. But I mean, the game itself seems to have gone through some issues, especially in the press. Actually, can you explain to me what that was? Because I, I see it, and then people in the comments will try to tell me. They're all, but I, I, they only have so much they can type. And to be honest, so much I feel like reading at times. Because, it, it, I mean, it's like an entire book of stuff. And I'm like, wow. I don't. <laughs> they're trying to go back to, like, the origins of saying. the game. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Uh, like, okay. I, mean, we're ta- I mean, it's technically a live service game. Mm-hmm. It's been going on since 2016. So it's had those, you know, obvious controversies that pop up throughout its throughout its time i mean the the most recent one is i guess you know when the when COVID happened you know it's it's very much a, an ar game you have to play it by leaving your house and so you know niantic uh, incorporated a bunch of things that make it a bit more conducive to playing stationary so increasing the radius of spawns and your ability to spend stops and then you know this is when there was a pretty active raid community going on so you could raid pokemon and raid bosses and um you know obviously you can't you shouldn't be encouraged to leave your house and go meet up with other people at a public outing right so they um added added remote passes remote raid passes so you could remotely raid oh okay Pokemon battles. And then it was and then they put a, an invite system in place so you could access a raid remotely and then invite other remote raiders and so basically the game was completely transformed at that point because you didn't necessarily have to leave to 
you know, start raiding or catching and things like that. Uh, but once all the COVID restrictions were lifted, you know, it's, it's like you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle, right? Like, this is how people play the game now. And, and so it, it was them trying to roll back those changes, which has been a huge, you know, they've seen a tremendous pushback from the community that want to keep playing the game like that. So, uh, and the most, have, so the most recent controversy is that they increase the prices of raid passes oh, substantially. Oh, okay. I see that the, the microtransaction price went up on that one. Interesting. A lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because they keep, they're trying to push people back outside. So they, they, they're making the regular raid passes for in-person events, uh, more favorable versus, you know, paying out the ass to keep, uh, keep remote rating. Okay, so they've, they've eliminated some of the convenience that people were seeing when they could just stay at home. They now feel like they have to go outside and, like, navigate the, the everyday world to get to these things now. They want it to be bad. Yeah, they want it to be another go back to the location-based gameplay that was pre-COVID. Sound like it was almost just like a regular video game then at that point where you don't necessarily have to explore. I know, outside, yeah. Though. Basically, yeah, oh. more or less, which it completely goes in the opposite direction of what the whole game was about so mm, so okay that's what it's about okay okay that makes more sense to me then uh, as opposed to uh i was trying to f- decipher what people were exactly saying so the timeline that's especially the with, with uh with the coven lockdowns and all that stuff okay i get it now so i i mean it seems like niantic said to go through some issues in the background now but their main focus is still pokemon which makes sense that's where the money is so uh, I I don't know. I'm not sure what else they do with the game at this point, other than just keep adding Pokemon and I guess building up raids and all of this. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could I could talk about it all day. I, <laughs> Big Pokemon. I've got my own problems with it. Where's the Pokemon Go channel, Ryan? Hmm? You gonna do a Pokemon Go channel? Where's that? I, I'm uh, that that boat was long gone. I mean, there's already a wave of channels popped that up. That was the game crazy. Launched. I remember when Pokemon Go came. I mean, I, I even I was playing it. I was like, let me check this thing out, dude. It was stupid popular for a good year like it was a solid year where you were just always see people on their phones walking around playing pokemon go no matter where you were it was crazy um but it's uh yeah the definitely the channels were really big then too i guess they kind of still are specifically like i see pokemon card channels are massive i was actually surprised you weren't picking up cards when you were there too you were you were looking for the games you're playing pokemon go but you drew the line at the tcg you have to draw a line somewhere the tcg really you only have so much money and time, mm. so I just I have to have a cutoff. I okay. can't get into the TCG. I just thought, well, I mean, you you have like a favorite Pokemon uh, that you you collect around, which you've made evident in sure. your videos, and even when we were there, you saw a card for uh, there it is, Typhlosion. Yep, <laughs> you had a you saw a card for Typhlosion. I bought this at the store, and you, yeah, yeah, I bought this at that game store at the the last game store that we went oh, to. Okay, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right, and. Uh, you saw, I mean, you saw a card for it. You're like, I might have to buy that card. So it's uh, it was interesting to me that no TCG, a big Pokemon fan, but none of the trading cards. They just never got into it? Well, I mean, of, of course I like them, but you, you have to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> you know? You have to. Jordan is really, really big in the collecting the cards, right? And he told me that yeah. at one point he has a room that's like half of it is just full of cards. That's how many cards he has. And it's exactly it's just mind blowing the amount of uh cardboard stacked up in there for these cards. But I mean he has some cards that are worth ridiculous amounts of money that he's collected successfully, but he has to go through thousands of commons and uncommons to get to that, you know, that shiny rare and all that. So it's not like I don't like them, mm-hmm. but like I you know, you, you have to 
pick your battles with hobbies like this, especially ones that take a, a tremendous amount of time and and money. Right. <laughs> like, I, I just can't do it. I live vicariously. Jordan's great. You know why? Because I get to enjoy the, the visual stimulus of mm-hmm. it. And, and not have the, the the heartache that it takes to accomplish that kind of collection. <laughs> so it's people like Jordan that make it a lot easier for me to make that decision. And technically, you could buy one card for your favorite Pokemon and hang it up somewhere or something. So he's buying yeah. online. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's interesting though. All the, all the Pokemon stuff, but no cards. Usually, it's like I see people getting the cards all the time, but they they stay away from some of the other more expensive stuff. So that's interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, the really interesting angle of this is that Pokemon Go has birthed, uh, birthed a new generation of players that have never played anything or seen anything with this IP. They've never played like, the older games. They've never nothing. Oh, that's not disgusting. even video. Like it's it's usually like <laughs> it's it's usually like older folks. Like like older yeah, folks oh, okay. download yeah. the game and they like to walk outside. So like when raiding started in 2018. Uh, yeah, you'd go you'd go to like a big raid boss that comes out and there'd be like, you know, 15, 20 people like in the local community, like in Buffalo. And I know this is the case for pretty much all major cities mm-hmm. that, you know, have the uh, that have a big player base for the game. You'd run into like half the players would just be like purely Pokemon Go players, like the kind of people that like, you know, you don't judge books by their cover, but like you, you just see like maybe a, a 40 year old dad or something or you know a elderly woman and you're like oh okay you're you're here rating this Mewtwo and sure enough they're there talking about the game and talking <laughs> about Pokemon and they're pronouncing all the names wrong because they're not ne- they've never played the main <laughs> series games they've never played the anime but they love the walking aspect of the game so they like downloaded it on a whim and now they're Pokemon people even though they're you know getting into it so late to be fair it is it is hard to get some of those games now, though, if you think about it. Like, it's not an easy... Because you have to get... They don't really distribute it at all. Like, it's not on the eShop right now for the Switch, which is Nintendo's, like, most popular system basically ever. It's on the 3DS, right? They had it on... But then they shut down the shop there. So, it's... I mean, it's something you'd like to see them do, even go back. I think the best move, because it's the Pokemon company, not necessarily just Nintendo, go back, get red and blue, or even fire red and leaf green. I think red and blue would be cool and yellow. And just put them on cell phones. Say, hey, look, yeah, they are. They're and let's be. They're gonna make them like twenty bucks. Hey, they're twenty bucks. You know, it's like that's. Hey, it. yeah. <laughs> they could charge for them yeah. easily. These are twenty dollars. I don't each. see them ever doing that. No, but, <laughs> but... It, to me, that's like so much money and exposure for the brand. It would be ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I people have asked for it on the Switch NSO, and the fact that we haven't seen it yet does make me wonder if we ever will, because. To me, that's what you almost launched the thing with. Hey, here's Pokemon Red or here's Pokemon or Yellow. Uh, it's part of it. There you go. Uh, but I guess they will have Pokemon Trading Card Game, which if you have you ever played that one? The just the game, the game or boy, the, uh, game playing boy. the t- yeah on the Game Boy. No, I I, I never had loved it. that game. I am like legitimately hyped and waiting for it to release on NSO. I will play it in a video. I will. I will play it. It is one of my favorite wow. old Game Boy games. It was so fun. And it's it's like that nostalgia of the original set for the Pokemon trading card. I think they still had Fossil in there, but I know it was like the first edition run with like Jungle and, and all of this and then some Fossil, but it was it's when like the things were more simple, I guess. Uh, but that, that was a really fun game back then. They never localized the second one. It was only ever in Japan. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, but there's also you never play Mario Golf either. I was trying to sell Mar- uh, sell Ryan on Mario Golf 
on the Game Boy Color or the Game Boy Advance. And I realized something because you were explaining this to me. You didn't know it was an RPG. No, I mean, and the thing is, you did sell me on it. Like, I was totally on board. I'm like, all right, perfect. If we see this thing complete in box, I'll buy it, which did not happen. Yeah, but. yeah he, he turned his nose up at the cartridge. It was right there. He's like, nope, I need a complete, complete. It uh, was, now, uh, now I need the cardboard. It's uh, it, it's a really cool game, and people don't know. And like, no one really knows that it's it's actually like an RPG disguised as a golf game, just about. Um, but it, it's it's you said that, fun. that and tennis. Tennis. Tennis was also the same way. It has a storyline yeah. where you join an academy and everything, and you make your character better by playing matches and training. It's kind of like Virtua Tennis on the Dreamcast. Not not quite to that level, because in that game, you would knock over bowling pins with your tennis balls and stuff to try to get like better, so you do all these minigames. But same idea. You get better as you progress. You level up different abilities and skills for stats, and then you go and you win the whole thing. So it has that... RPG element to it, create your character, build them up, win the whole thing. So it was uh, that and golf. Uh, surprisingly in depth for a Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance game. So a big recommendation. Yeah, I didn't for me. think that was a. I, I didn't think that they had that going on in those games. Big recommendation. Absolutely. People should check those out, although it's just going to make them more expensive because they've already been climbing in price. But those are really good games that Nintendo should be dropping into NSO. I mean, they have the rights for them, so why not? And uh, I would go as far as to say that it's the Game Boy Advance game is a better experience than the single player of the current Mario Golf game. So there you go. There you go. Hey, look, people see people got a chance to learn some some backstory to Ryan here outside of PlayStation. Uh, but I will ask you what, what you've been playing recently leading up to maybe another video that you're making because you've been doing these videos where you'll go back and play some of these older PlayStation games. You showed folklore at one point, which was pretty cool. Uh, you played uh, Haze, <laughs> which is in Lair. I yeah, kind of feel Lair. bad for you with Lair, but uh, uh, hey, you you chose to do it. Uh, I, I, I hate if that If you don't game. want to reveal exactly which one it is that's coming up, you want to give us a hint if it's a good or a bad game? I I had fun with it. I had fun The game with coming it. up? Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah. Interesting. PS, I got to work PS3 on that game? one. Yeah, it's another PS3 game. I do want to make it clear that that series that I'm, you know, kind of sticking mm-hmm. with is not going to be exclusively PlayStation 3. Okay. You know, at some point I'll do some PS2, uh, PS1. PS2 maybe, yeah, PS1. I, I think I, run run the gamut here. Anything's, you know, possible. Hey, you got the backwards battle with PS3. You can do anything. It's true. It all. Okay. I've only got like 13 of them. <laughs> so part of this series, do you have to have the game physically? Is that, is I'd that like thing? to play it natively. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you like were going to go natively. as far as to like emulate a game if it's like eight hundred dollars or something crazy. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, there's there's titles like that I'd like to own, but I it, I haven't seen the crossover of me wanting to own them, but I also want to use them for a video just yet. Okay. So, but I'm sure that that would happen at some point. I do try to play natively in most cases. Right. Right. I mean, is it mostly just like on your on your PS3, or do you actually you actually break out? The, you're going to break out the PS2 and the PS1. It depends on the context of the video. Like the the memory card, the memory card thing, I thought would have been cool to have native PS2, you know, hardware for the capture of seeing the memory card and exploring it on that. I could have done that on a PlayStation Three uh, through the XMB, but I feel like it would have added to the sort of presentation of that video for using real PS2 hardware. Mm. Um, in the case of let's say I'm just going to play a PS1 game from start to finish, I'd probably do that on a on a PlayStation Three. Um, Make it easy. Uh, make it easy for the uh, HD capture. Same for PS2. If I'm only there to just grab the footage of the game, then I might do that. It's all context based. You know what? 
is going to serve the, serve the video in the best way. That was a good idea for that memory card video. I might have to steal that idea for GameCube or something. <laughs> yep, that pretty much. I mean, that's the thing, right? When it has single platform coverage, and then you've got this sort of uh, jumping off point, like when you did Xbox 360 online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the uh, that that was fun. The, the Xbox 360 one, uh, but Xbox original Xbox is back online now as well, and I'm gonna have to try that. Because uh, I did a yeah. modification to one of my original Xboxes. I'm technically working on it right now because I was waiting for some stuff to come in. But it gives, like, system-level support for the new Insignia setup to play online. And they keep putting more and more games up. So I will have to try that at some point. But that and, like, all these other older systems are, like, all of them are going back online. It's very interesting. The Dreamcast, you can still play yeah. things like Quake 3 online. So it's, yep. uh, it's so all cool. these private communities, reverse engineering, how the games, uh, network protocols were and getting them back up. It's really awesome to see. Yeah. It's, it's cool to be able to experience that even though it's not as robust as current online setups. I, I think it's cool just for like the sake of, uh, I don't say preservation, but experiencing the, even the old days of the struggle at times. I, I think it is. I think it is preservation. Okay. Because that's what they're they're doing in most cases is just trying to completely emulate exactly how the games functioned back then, you know. Yeah. That's why it's a lot of reverse engineering to figure out in terms of the the network communications what the game's looking for between the players and you know. So you, it is it's uh, preserving the original experience of playing those games online. I, it's, so I, it's, I think it's awesome. It's unfortunate because like there's one game I wanted to play online with someone, but no one's online for it. Stranglehold on the uh <laughs> dude, it still has online and it's one of those old like janky onlines where you have to make a room and then people join it there wasn't like really matchmaking i don't think for it uh, and yeah. i made it and it, and i also searched for rooms no one had them but that that game was cool and it's that thing is never getting backwards compatibility nothing i mean it's stuck it's not going anywhere yeah. with those kind of the the licensing around it and all this that was such a cool game on the ps3 and the 360 and that's what i i had fired up 364 that video and I just put it in there anyway because I'm like it's stranglehold. People need to play this game. It was it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed that one. It, I just had the Max Payne slow down time, but I just it was so cool. It worked in like the hard boiled like setting really well. I just bought that last year. I recommend playing it if you have never played it. Awesome game. It's really really fun. Yeah, played played the demo, but I picked it up uh, recently when I went to Vegas. I think because I was there to play po I was there to play Pokemon Go, okay. and then after Pokemon Go, I went to a, a local retro game store and bought Stranglehold. I, I think the PS3 version came with a copy of Hard Boiled. I think. Yes, the it, so that's the edition I bought. It was like a special, like a John Woo edition mm -hmm. or something. Yep, comes with a movie. And that, yeah, that was. That was the one with the that movie. Was a big deal. I think it's all on one Blu-ray. Yep. That yeah. was a big deal back then. That actually was kind of flexing the uh, the PlayStation Blu-ray muscle. They would add a bunch of stuff to it that the 360 disc couldn't have on one disc. So that, and I remember it was that one was a big deal at the time. And Final Fantasy 13 was a big deal because the 360 had all the compressed cutscenes, and it was split across three discs or whatever. But the PS3, one disc, one Blu-ray, and it was all like uncompressed and it looked nice. So it was uh, yeah. that Blu-ray uh, advantage came through a couple times there during that generation so it certainly did yeah. uh, but that was uh that's kind of our experience of too many games and a little little look behind the scenes there with with ryan i wanted to kind of talk to you about things outside of just playstation people people seem surprised whenever that comes up with you like we had had you on the spawncast before and we talked about nintendo stuff or microsoft but definitely like game boy and pokemon and stuff and you're right there and people are like oh i thought 
thought he just did PlayStation stuff. No, Ryan does it. He does a lot. He does a lot. I, I've I've tried to I push him. I don't hide it. I've tried to push him a couple times to do even a second channel, just talking about things outside of PlayStation. Because he has a lot of knowledge on these games. I I love the games industry. That's why I do this. Yeah, you could you could do a I whole just, other I channel, just, a... just doing whatever you want, and I, I guarantee it would work well. See this, but this is the fun thing about doing just single platform coverage. Mm. I can do it really, I can do it really well because I'm only covering one platform, you know. So I'm covering topics in certain areas of that platform mm. that you know somebody like you is not going to be able to re reach everything. I get to do that, and then when directs pop up, when there's a Microsoft presentation, I can just enjoy them. Ah, see, that's the advantage. Yeah, I I don't work. Them, I cover them, so that's <laughs> yeah. So that's the advantage. I I like my approach. Of doing just one one system okay okay and then i get to reap reap the benefits of not always stressing out when <laughs> god forbid anything happens in the industry oh that'll work that'll work ryan thank you for joining me today thanks everyone for pleasure talking thanks to everyone tuning in we'll do it next year with too many games so people should come out and, and see us i'm trying to get like all the spawn cast out there next year so you can meet up with all the other people too, Ryan. But I think I think that would be a lot of fun to have like one big panel and, and all of this big meet and greet there. It'd be a, a good time. But uh, definitely check out Ryan over on his channel. It is linked down in the description, whether you're on the podcast networks or on the channel. And check out the Spawncast Network at spawncastnetwork.com. Go over, see how you can support the the network, all the cool shows going up there, and we'll catch you guys next.